This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hi everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. I am Zen Su, a tech reporter with the South China Morning Post, and today I have with me technology editor Chua Kongho. Hello. And also, we have a very special guest who will give us a ground-level look of what is happening with the U.S.-China trade war and tech war. So, hey, Jens. Hi, my name is Jens Gampel. I'm the CEO of Sourceability, uh, a distribution company of electronic components. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you and your company do? Yeah, definitely. The majority of our business is to supply electronic components to manufacturing companies. Um, any kind of electronics that are manufactured in the world, um, we supply electronic components to. So do you, uh, do you also you know, buy components from the US and, and, and import them into China to Chinese companies? You know, what kind of clients do you have and what kind of components do you import? Yes. Um, um, actually, we buy uh, components all over the world and we export and import them to all places in the world. Um, uh, since China is a, a major hub of production, we of course supply uh, our customers in China, which are international companies producing in China and also local Chinese companies. So for these for these Chinese manufacturers that you supply to, what kind of components uh, you know do they usually buy from the U.S.? This, this is any kind of component, from a passive component to an active component to a real semiconductor like a, a processor, a FPGA, or, or memories. I understand that your business also has clients uh, in China, like Huawei, like ZTE. So how? Is this impacting you? What you know? What? How, how are you seeing the situation? Okay, it, uh, for us, it has an impact uh, with these special named customers that are on a ban. There are uh, 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 a lot of customers still in China that are not on a ban. Also, American companies uh, um, like uh, Flextronics, Chable, Sanmina, who all produce in China. For uh, the Chinese companies, especially in in this case, uh, Huawei and CTE. Um, we have to fulfill the, the import restrictions into China given by the U.S. government, and we have to follow them, which means we have limited uh, opportunities to ship certain commodities, certain products to these customers, or I guess maybe for, for, uh, uh, for some products there is no chance at all to supply customers like CTE and Huawei. And I guess um, we as a company probably also some of our competitors became very careful now in, in accepting order, offer, orders from, from customers or even making offers to companies like CTE or Huawei. You know, it seems to me that your business really depends on globalization, you know, with an intertwined uh, global supply chain. Uh, with, this export, with this export ban and, you know, what many people are now calling a tech cold war, how does that affect your business and you know are, are you doing any are you doing anything to try to prepare for this uh, definitely we do you know um, and as I mentioned since there's only a limited numbers of Chinese companies under this ban right now this is is quite manageable I think we have even more impact on the the tariffs on the import tariffs on product that's 
coming out of China. So, and, and that's uh, um, now sold through us into production in, 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 in the U.S. So we have to, to deal on both ends. Um, from, from my point of view, as I said, I'm, I'm the CEO and I'm personal, personally liable even here in the U.S. that we, we work according to the laws. We become very careful now in, in, in dealing um, with uh, Chinese com- companies that are under ban. Are you, are you seeing a change in procurement patterns uh, from your customers? Are they sourcing more components from outside of China, perhaps in other places, or even moving factories out of China? I think this is what, what we see right now is, um, you know, it's, it's not that easy to move a factory from one day to the next day. But um, what we definitely have in, in discussions is that we hear that um, companies who mainly produce in China will look for options outside of China um, in countries like uh, um, 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 India, Thailand, um, or um, maybe in Indonesia. So there are people that have the, their focus on production in China right now definitely explore um, other options in case this gets more tense. Do you think uh, that it's possible that U.S. companies would totally pull out of their production in China? Because as we know, China is you know the world's manufacturing hub, and you know it's very like a lot of the know-how and technical capabilities are based no. in China. I don't think so. No. Um, at, at the end of the day, I think what we see right now is that. The U.S. government um, w- wants to make sure that they have the same opportunities. They they feel mistreated in, in that business relationship, um, and and there's much more import from China than export to China. We will see that um, there will be agreements, and that China is uh, still will be a key manufacturing part in the world. The U.S. obviously has put all of these executive orders and all of these restrictions on chi- on Chinese companies. But at the same time, you know, we've also talked about how China has the manufacturing advantage. So in this situation, who do you think relies on the other more? Who needs who more, basically? <laughs> now, now we're getting into kind of politics. I'm, I'm not a politician. If you hear the U.S. politics, you will hear that uh, China depends more on the U.S. On the other hand, I, I wanted to tell you, um, China has 1.4 billion, I guess, population. They have a, 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 a great market inside China. And I think uh, China long term will be sustain- sustainable from the demand that's created out of China. But nevertheless, I, I also think that China has an interest to keep the status as a manufacturing hub. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced if you look uh, uh, one year or two years ahead, uh, um, and then most of that trouble that we see now, what we call a tech war or a tariffs war, um, I think will be gone in the next 24 four months. Do you think that even if the trade war is settled, that the tech war will also stop? Because, you know, obviously, you know, with the uh, chips restrictions, I mean, one of the big problems that companies like Huawei right now are facing are that if they aren't able to get chips from the U.S., it is difficult for them because they are not yet at the same chip making uh, capabilities. Um, um, Not yet, not yet. I think China picks up in in the capabilities of developing uh, um, 
chips and, and technology. But the bottom line is, I, I think that tech war also can be solved if, uh, if the main intention, I guess, of the U.S. government gets more attention in this whole negotiations, with, which means uh, protecting uh, American or uh, uh, non-Chinese intellectual property inside China. I think this is the key. I'm just going to bring you back to your point just now that as CEO, you're personally liable for compliance with U.S. law. Now, we know that the U.S. export ban is actually quite far-reaching so that even if you're not an American company, as long as your product has uh, technology of U.S. origin above a certain threshold, you're also covered by that law. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a business owner, as a business operator, how do you keep track of all this? And doesn't that you know, increase uh, compliance costs for you and you know, your, your peers in the industry? Sure, sure, it definitely does. We have we have a department working on this um, that already, if, if, if we get requests for quotes or whatever, we have to see where's the origin, uh, are these on, uh, um, on, on restricted export, uh, 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 on export restrictions or not. Uh, it definitely increases our costs and we became, we always were cautious about it, but we have to be more cautious, especially in times like this. And, and I know that you think that China will uh, still remain a major manufacturing uh, hub, uh, but do you also see that perhaps China will be manufacturing for China and maybe for some of the other countries that are friendly to China and that for countries that are allied to the US, they would uh, create a, a backup or the alternative uh, supply chain to supply the other half of the world? Is that something that's uh- on your mind? Uh, you know, this this is a very extreme scenario that um, I, I definitely think that um, companies that right now produce in, in China, as I mentioned, uh, will see or, or look for other options. Um, so no, no doubt about this. And I'm sure that China increases uh, capacity and capability to produce, produce competitive semiconductors. But as I mentioned, I think right now what we see is a little shift and and, and tough negotiations from both parties. Um, I cannot, I see, simply for me, it's hard to imagine that this kind of war, talking about the, the tariffs and, and also the tech war, is going for, for more than 24 months. I, I definitely, I, it's hard for me to believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'm doing this since more than 30 years. And um, I, I guess it's it's simply a, a, a reorganizing of the of the uh, level uh, of the playing of the, the the play field. I think thirty years is probably about the time where we saw the globalization move. Um, you know, and the I mean the yes. globalization era. Um, I mean, here's just hypothetical for you. I mean, if this era of globalization were to reverse, would that be catastrophic for your business? Oh, I don't think so. I think any any business can adapt to, and and that's uh, probably then also the the the, uh, um, the main job of a CEO to navigate your company to the circumstances that surrounding the 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 company and and the markets. I am born and raised in Germany. I immigrated to the US 12 years ago, which uh, was an adjustment. Yeah, and I started my company here in the US, and I think. If, if, if really, if there's a, such a dramatic change in the environment, 
then as a business owner, you have to find ways to adapt to the circumstances and the situation. Do you have like a contingency plan or like a plan B? What would happen if, you know, this 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 all goes south? If you know the tariffs keep 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 going longer, because I, because as you mentioned, China is a global manufacturing hub, and the U.S. is the provider of a lot of very important components. So, what's your what's your plan B? For uh, for us, the, the the this whole business that's impacted is approximately thirty percent of our business. So it's it's not the majority. Yeah, um, but um, what we do right now already with the tariffs in place is that for our customers that are outside the U.S., um, for example, talking about Mexico, where we would have used our um, U.S. warehouses now, uh, we supply to, to the customers like in, in Mexico and Brazil and Latin America, uh, Costa Rica. We supply them now through the warehouses of, of uh, um, in Hong Kong or in Singapore. So we can avoid the, the tariffs. Um, the tariffs mainly have impact on our customers in the US, yeah, which means here uh, we have an increase of costs that has to be absorbed either by us or by our customers uh, or ultimately probably by the consumer. Do you travel much to uh, this part of the world, to Asia or, or China? Yes. Yes, definitely. I'm, 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 uh, um, I, I just I was already this year four times. In, in Hong Kong, Shenzhen, Singapore. We have offices and warehouses in Hong Kong, in Kowloon Bay, and in, in Singapore. Um, we have offices in Shenzhen and in Shanghai. So I'm regularly, I would say, at least six times a year in, 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 in China and in Asia. And, and what, are the, uh, what are your customers or your suppliers uh, uh, telling you, I mean, from, from China? Yeah, I, I think right now, uh, uh, um, this this is kind of sad, yeah. That the, there's a certain un, uh, there's an uncertainty, and and people are, I think it has an impact, especially it has a psychological impact of the people because the the business over the last decade increased so much, and we developed really good business relationships um, with with Chinese people or all Asian customers, and it's somehow looming over all of us because nobody really knows. Yeah, if it ends or when it ends. And um, we see a, a, a decrease in business already. We saw that in Q4 uh, last year in China and in, in the Chinese market and also in Q1. So this is something we have to compensate as a company through business either, in, in for example, in Europe or in, in the Americas or in the other Asian countries. You know Apple has that great line about its uh, iPhone being designed in California and being assembled in China. Do you think that is something that they would have to drop? <laughs> you know, the way yeah, things yeah, are no. going. I, I think, um, first of all, Apple has no own production. Okay. Uh, it's, it's mainly Foxconn or the, the contract manufacturers, not only Foxconn, but I think Foxconn. So what, what we heard already, I guess... Um, uh, uh, six or 12 months ago when the CEO of Foxconn was uh, visiting the White House and I guess he was here a few weeks ago that Foxconn has the intention to build a factory here in the US. So I think the contract manufacturers, companies like, like Foxconn, um, Flextronics, Chabel, Sanmina, you name them, they definitely have plans in place um, to produce in, in, in countries like Vietnam. 
Thailand, um, Indonesia, outside China. But they will also remain. You should not forget all these companies, American companies, also European companies that manufacture in China also developed a lot of Chinese customers in the last decade. And I see, I don't see them walking away from that. Is Europe going to benefit from all of this? Or maybe like Vietnam so. or Southeast Asia. I mean, we're reading reports of factories yeah. moving to Vietnam. Yeah. And all. In India, might on a manufacturing level, I don't see production uh, coming back to the US. I don't see much production going from Asia back to Europe. It That happened 10 years ago in, in critical uh, uh, productions like for automotive, whatever, where then the companies decided it better to go into uh, Poland or Czech Republic or Hungary, Romania. Um, but the, if you look on the, in the consumer goods, in the mass production, I don't see that moving away from Asia. So we are just too far gone in the era of globalization to really head back. The jobs aren't coming yes. back to the US. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I think yes. And, and you know, um, I'm, uh, I'm sure um, at a certain point, you know, and, and being a German, a, a portion of my heart is always is, 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 will be German, even if I am very Americanized. Um, what is this? Germany is a, is a country with 80, 85 million population, and it's still after China, I guess, the second largest exporter because it, it develops good products. And I think that's what we have to do here in the US. We have to develop competitive products, if it's automotive or it's uh, aviation or whatever it is, and then we are able also to export back into China as a American, uh, um, as corporate America. Thanks so much, Jens, for coming on to our podcast to share your experiences, you know, running an electronic components distribution company and your views about how this trade war and tech war will play out. Uh, thank you for having me. And um, maybe we next time when I'm in Asia and Hong Kong, maybe we have the opportunity to meet in, in person. Yes, definitely. definitely. All right. So that's all the time we have this week. If you would like more of our coverage on the ongoing US and China tech war and trade war and how it's escalating, head on to scmp.com tech. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. Finally, if you like our Inside China Tech podcast, please do rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes. We can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher and Simulaya. I'll see you next week. Bye.